And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. Hello everyone and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host as always, Mr. Luke Jack, and I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today, and we have a treat for you. Not only is it a new Godzilla movie, it's a new Japanese Godzilla movie opening right here in the U.S. We are talking, of course, about Godzilla Minus One, the hugely anticipated film uh, that have, we've been we've been talking about. It seems like for at least a year, but actually, it's only been less than a year that we've been talking about this movie. But the hype has just been growing and growing. Uh, the film doing fantastic business in Japan getting all sorts of uh, box office accolades, critical accolades in Japan. Uh, As of this recording, today is Sunday, December 3rd. Now, because of my personal schedule, I was unable to go to the movies on the 1st or the 2nd. Official wide open here in the U.S. for Godzilla Minus One was Friday, December 1st. Uh, I have been avoiding any information about um, how the film's been doing, what kind of weekend it's had, anything like that. I've been just kind of keeping myself busy with other things so I don't have any of this going in. I've been avoiding spoilers as much as possible as I tend to do. Uh, some of it, of course, is in, in, in unavoidable, I should say, just based on the premise of the film and whatnot. Uh, but all signs are pointing to really, really positive. Uh, for this. I've had a couple of listeners message me and say, hey, did you see Minus One yet? And uh, their their responses were positive. Uh, there's a group of us Daikaiju podcasters that have a group chat. All of their responses have been just through the roof. Uh, I've been avoiding the chat because, again, of potential spoilers and uh, hat tip to uh, those guys uh, that have uh, were gracious enough to avoid spoilers as much as possible. Uh, but, you know, just trying to do a double blind thing where I'm also avoiding the chat. Uh, so, uh, very much looking forward to this. Now, today, I am going to be riding down Interstate 85 southbound to head towards uh, Anderson to meet up with my friend Adam Tebow, who you guys, I, the last time he was on was for Gamera 3 uh, Awakening of Eris, also was on our Final Wars episode. You've heard me talk about uh, Adam before. We've got emails from him. He's a good, very good friend of mine, uh, IRL, as, uh, as the kids say. So I'm going to meet up with him and several other folks. We're going to be going to a theater that I used to frequent quite a lot when I was a student. Now it's a little bit far, but this is a good middle ground prize location for us to go see the film. So very much excited for that. Um, and of course, obviously, always glad to see my friends. But anytime we get together to go see a Godzilla movie, it's, it's just superlative, right? So a lot of fun. Essentially the same crew that I saw, Godzilla King of the Monsters and Pacific Rim Uprising and Godzilla vs. Kong. If I'm thinking of everybody that's going to be there, I think it's a, essentially the same crew, maybe one or two folks different. But in any event, as I said, very excited for this. Obviously, the the, uh, 
the anticipation has been growing from the, especially over the last several weeks as we hit the release in Japan, followed by uh, the Godzilla Festival because of Godzilla Day, and then all the stuff coming out of that. Talked about that on the last full episode. The new Megalon short, the Jet Jaguar short, the reveal of uh, Godzilla's new uh, 70th anniversary logo. All these things, it's all just been building and building and building the anticipation for minus one. And, you know, I think it's this, it's this absolute just damn ready to burst between that, between uh, the, the MonsterVerse information we've been having, um, you know, just all this stuff is just ready to go. It's a great time to be a monster fan here in the U.S. And, you know, I, I've said this before, I, I always associate monsters, Godzilla specifically, with Christmas just because of the amount of Godzilla stuff I've gotten for Christmas over the years. So going to see a Godzilla film in December, that's just, that just feels right. You know what I'm saying? That's, uh, that, that's, that's just, it's the right time of year for, for Big G on the big screen. So, alright, well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get back to driving because there's a lot of holiday traffic out here. Probably best if I uh, keep my mind on the road rather than on the podcast. I'm going to go see the movie, and we'll be back afterwards with thoughts. I'm going to try to do this where I will have just some general feedback and thoughts, non-spoilers, for a little bit, and then I will say, okay, now the spoiler section will begin, and we'll have some spoilers so that if you don't have an opportunity to see the film... Uh, before you listen to the episode, you can avoid that, uh, the spoilers, if you so choose. I'm going to give you the power. Uh, you know, as Cody Rhodes said, you have a voice, use it. So uh, so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to roll on down the road here, and uh, I'm going to catch everybody after the movie, right here on Earth Destruction Directive. Hey, come on back to Godzilla. He won't bite you again. Promise. All right, we are back here on Earth Destruction Directive. Just got out of the movie about five minutes ago, heading back home. So I'm on uh, Interstate 85. Wow, that's all I am going to say up front is that this was intense. And all the positive reviews I am hearing about this film, you can you can tack mine right on the end of it because this is an intense, ex- uh, just roller coaster ride of a movie. And this is fantastic. This movie is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. My first thought upon watching it was, man, I wish my wife was here with me so she could have seen this. And that I've got to tell my dad and my brother to go see this. And I've got to tell all of you listeners out there that if you did not get a chance to go see this film yet, and you're listening to this show, go see it. Go see Godzilla Minus One, because this is just an incredible film. The, the story, the visuals, the effects, all of it just works really, really well. This is the, I've, I've got to go on a limb and say, you know, the, the most intensely personal Godzilla film we've gotten possibly since the original. Um, the, the thing I said to my friend Adam when we got outside is, you know, we have this, this argument that rears its head in this fandom amongst Hardcores and casuals are like, oh, no one cares about human stories in monster movies. Yeah, go watch Godzilla Minus One. And you, okay, that person that's, that claims you never want to care about a human story in a monster movie, y'all be 
Niagara Falls at the end of this movie, just like everyone was in the theater. Now, just in the interest of housekeeping, we saw it in a normal show, okay, as a Sunday afternoon show. It was mostly empty. There was four of four of us. There was my friend Adam, my friend uh, or five of us, excuse me, because it was four additional. So it was my our, my friends Trish and Tony, uh, my friend Adam, my friend Tom, and myself. And I think one other group of either two or three people that came in after us. That was it. So an empty theater, which was good because you don't got you know who's dicking around with their phone and who's talking and who desperately needs to go refill their popcorn and who desperately needs to go to the bathroom right then or whatever you got. Um, so, so interesting that there wasn't much of a crowd, but that said, it did add to the experience having an actual, you know, theater experience. Um, lots and lots of previews and trailers before that, nothing really related to or destruction directive. So I'm not going to talk about them here. Um, a whole lot of car commercials, car commercials and cruise line commercials. Anyway, um, but once the movie started, it just flies by. Okay, it's a sign of a good movie that you don't realize how long it's been uh, that you're in there. I mean, the run length is around two hours. I think I don't have it in front of me. I know that it zoomed by, and it was. I said it's 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 emotional. It's it's a series of events that leaves you feeling every bit that Kaichi and Noriko and all of our other characters are going through, and it is really something. So, from a non-spoiler standpoint, it's a fantastic movie. This, I, I can't wait to see this again. Okay, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go see it again in the theater, but as soon as this is available, I'm going to get this and hook this up on the home theater, because this is just amazing. Fantastic film. A um, couple of things I do want to talk about. The setting, the unique setting, is really, really something they do a lot with it being post-war Japan. Uh, a lot. We've never seen that in a Godzilla film before, and it's really used to, to very good measure. There's a lot of, uh, you know, the, all the things that the Japanese people are going through here, right? And it's all brought into sharp relief, especially for those of us from the West, Right. Um, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it's hard to watch. A lot of it is pretty tough. It's a challenge, but I enjoyed it. And there's, there's a lot of good filmmaking there. Uh, thematically, it's kind of interesting because parts of this film thematically reminded me of Shin Godzilla. The idea that you can't count on the government, the bureaucracy, the, the politics of failure in the time of a crisis. That theme resurfaces here in a slightly different context, but uh, it, I, it, it was, a, it was a, a callback almost to that. Speaking of callbacks, there's several callbacks to the Showa series. Um, Odo Island plays a big role. Uh, uh, Oshawagara Island is name-dropped, so I've liked that as well. Um, we've seen this a bit. There are certain scenes uh, in the in the film that, that harken back to 54. I'm uh, not going to get into too much details there, but there was a was one real major one. There's uh, some others as well. So just uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff with that. I mean, you know, seeing it subtitled is great. Not having to have the the dub. There's uh, some really great. Uh, performances in this you know you really get even the even in another language reading the subtitles you really get the feel of the characters 
and uh, each one of them has uh, is well defined and, and drawn out, and you you care about them, right? You're you're vested in what happens to them, you know. Contrary to what what some folks want to say that nobody cares about humans in monster movies. So, um, my friend Tony said he goes, "This is interesting in that this could almost be a movie without Godzilla. It's that compelling on the human side, and I do agree with that." Um, but this being a Godzilla film is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Uh, the effects are amazing. I've seen a lot of things going around about, hey, look at the effects that Toho pulled off on this very small budget compared to what some Hollywood studios are pulling off on 10 times, 15 times the budget. I'm not going to get into that argument because there's so many variables in effects and time and money and what you have to work with. I'm not gonna, so I'm not gonna uh, say, you know, this is attractive, that is not. But that said, the effects in this movie are excellent. They are really something. Toho has really knocked it out of the park with, with the effects on this film. And they, they really, really create a unique and memorable iteration of Godzilla who looks just absolutely great. Really, really good stuff. Um, the score. The score is very good. There's a lot of good stuff in the score. There's a few themes that are that are lifted from previous films. So the original theme from 54 comes back. And I am almost certain that the the end credits theme from Godzilla vs. Destoroya is used, which is a great theme. And it, it's really memorable. It's just interesting to see it in the context of a film, like during the story and not during the end credits like it was in Destoroya. So... That was really nice to hear that one as well. Um, I mean, honestly, that, that's all I want to say from a non-spoiler standpoint, because I don't want to ruin it. This Not knowing the story going in, I think, really helped a lot for me to have this, the level of surprise uh, that I had with this. And I'm just going to say leave it at that. So if you're listening to Earth Destruction Directive, and if you're hearing this podcast, uh, you must be listening to Earth Destruction Directive. Uh, go see this film. You probably already saw it. Go see it if you haven't. If you're on the fence, if you're like, yeah, I don't know about subtitles, please do yourself a favor and go see this movie because it is that good. This movie is fantastic. This is absolutely great. And it's going to go down, I think, as one of the best films in the series, if not one of the best monster films ever made. So please go check it out. All right. That is going to be the end of my non-spoiler section. So if... Uh, if you want to drop off now, thank you very much for downloading. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you go out and enjoy Godzilla Minus One. I am going to start spoilers right now. All right. For real, spoilers are starting. So if you don't want spoilers, stop your MP3 now. Stop your podcast now. Okay. Last warning. Everybody hear that? All right. So if you're still here, I'm going to assume you're okay with spoilers. This movie is a series of gut punches. Kaichi deals with so much, starting with the massacre on Odo Island, coming back home to see the, his entire neighborhood destroyed, his parents dead, okay? All of it is, and in, in his, his failure because of his cowardice is so palpable and so harsh that it, it almost, it's, it's hard for me to put it into words. It's that much of a, a, a personal story, and it's really, really rough, right? And you really feel for him. Now, when, when Noriko and Akiko come into his life and things start getting better, you just, you know the other shoe is going to drop. 
you know the other shoe is going to drop. And so when Godzilla uh, attacks Ginza, and that's where Noriko is, and the the atomic breath, and the that she's gone. Noriko's just gone, right? After, after pushing Kaichi into the alley, she's just gone. And it's like, no, it can't be. But you know it, right? So the, the, his resolve to that everything's been taken away from him, and just when he thinks maybe there's a chance, it's all taken away from him again. And so his decision to become a kamikaze, to, you know, uh, not to, to, to rectify for his failure and to kill Godzilla, you, you, again, we talk about it a lot, this idea of going out in your own terms and that it's an awful choice that he's made, but he feels it's the only choice he has to make. And it's, it's very, very powerful. And the idea that he's going, that there's nothing left for him anymore. And all he can do is, you know, uh, pay back the ghosts that haunt him forever. Um, the scenes of him with his clearly the post-traumatic stress disorder, which, you know, no one knew was a thing after World War II, but it's clear that's what he's going through. The survivor's guilt that all of them feel, uh, it's its really something. And they, they, uh, this, this is a film that is telling a story that's never been told before in the context of a giant monster film. And using that allegory for all it is worth. And it is, it's, it's just remarkable. That's all I can say. The ending. Now, I will say, with the German writing... I, on the seat, I did suspect that it was an ejector seat. So I was suspecting that. When he pulls the lever to prime the bomb and nothing happens, you almost wonder, was that a false hope spot? But again, they, they had it. That Tachibana, you know, did say one more thing and time he cut away. So it was there. And seeing the parachute, it was, it was great. The chance to live. The chance to live. And then... You know, when they land back at the dock and then his neighbor coming with the telegram that Noriko is alive, I'm not too proud to say that there, it was the waterworks going on for me. As a husband and a father, and there was definitely waterworks going on for me at that scene in the hospital. Now, what does that mean from the little mark on her skin? Is it an infection? Is it cancer? I don't know. You know what? Um, I talked about this a long time ago, back in February, with Professor Allen. That in a romantic story, is it not a? It's not a romance story unless the couple is happily ever after or happy for now. And you know what? They're happy for now. And bad things are going to come, and all that—that's clear. But they're happy for now. The family is together. You know. Uh, Kaichi and uh, Noriko and Akiko can be a family. And that that really, that literally brought tears to my eyes and it made me so happy to see that. Even with the cliffhanger, even with all that that had gone down, it, it, it made me very happy. You know, I've become a, a romantic in my old age and I'm not giving that up anytime soon. So this was, this was really something. So um, again, the, the effects, the, the effect of the atomic breath was incredible. Uh, reminded me a lot of GMK, where we actually see it like a nuclear explosion, uh, but we see the the actual force 
you know, the, the force wave of the, the nuclear explosion destroying everything in its wake. Really powerful stuff. Really powerful stuff. And uh, it's, again, we've seen the atomic breath treated like this before, but never quite visualized this way. It was really striking on the big screen. Um, the final plan to defeat Godzilla, I'm not going to lie, the use when he says we're going to surround him with bubbles, of course, made me think of the oxygen destroyer. Uh, very clever plan to use the pressure of the sea to crush him or to decompress him. Uh, I really did enjoy that, the use of science as their weapon of the modern age, just like uh, Professor Sarazawa. Um, the, one of the callbacks, another callback to 54, again, with the train. I, I made allusion to this in the non-spoiler half, but with the train, obviously, was uh, a, a great callback to, to 54. Um, just, um, it's hard to keep my thoughts organized. That's how excellent this film was, and I'm so glad that it worked out that I was able to go see this film this weekend. I don't know that I could have really tolerated another week of not being able to go see it, waiting until next weekend. So my schedule was able to, to make it work. Um, so that really, folks, that's all I've got. I mean, if I can't convince you from this review to go see it, I'm not sure what else I can say. This is a fantastic movie. I mean, I, I really like Shin Godzilla. I think this is better than Shin Godzilla. I really do. And that might just be a hot take as I just saw it. But hot damn, this is a great, great movie. Not just as a Godzilla movie, not just as a Godzilla fan. Like I said, it's just an, an, an incredibly good film, and uh, you need to go see this if you're listening to this podcast, and I'm just going to leave it at that. All right, folks, I am going to sign off. I'm going to finish driving home, you know, get some dinner, all of that. So uh, thank you very much for downloading and listening. I hope you guys enjoyed our quick little look at Godzilla Minus One. I hope everybody gets the opportunity to go experience this film on the big screen, okay? And I hope everybody enjoys it as much as I enjoyed it, as much as I've enjoyed telling all of you about it. So uh, that's all I've got. So this is Luke Giaconetti signing off. And until next time, keep them stomping. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Daikaiju podcast produced and created by me, Luke Giaconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you would like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I try to respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I will read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at 2TrueFreaks.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave a review on your podcatcher of choice if you'd like. You can find me on Facebook. Just search for first name Luke, last name EDD. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter. Just search for the handle at LJacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. The theme song for this podcast is Future Gladiator by Kevin MacLeod, downloaded from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun here on Earth Destruction Directive.
Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF <laughs> moment if I ever saw one. <laughs>